you might not realize this, but actually all of us in all of our ancestral history have a witch or multiple witches. Because what is witch? Witch is an intuitive person, a healer, someone who is a bridge to the beyond, a medicine person, a shaman. That's all of us in our ancestral lineages. And we all have to heal the witch wound. And so today we're going to have a conversation with Davina Zar, whose ancestors were from Persia, migrated from Spain during the Spanish Inquisition, and many of them were rabbis. Join us to find out more. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show that talks about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our connection to that which is greater than us, to the mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves and what we're doing here on earth at this time of the great awakening and mother earth consciousness and ancestral remembrance and remembrance of ourselves as souls having had many lifetimes on this planet and also being part of a lineage that has included other souls that have incarnated into the same biological material and passed it forward, ancestral DNA from generation to generation to generation. And that ancestral DNA has wisdom in it. And that wisdom is, is needed right now on the planet because um, many of us for various reasons have gotten disconnected from our roots and from the wisdom in our roots. So if, if the ancestors are a tree, the roots are all in, in the medicines, all in the roots and where the branches were the result of that medicine. And of course, before I get going too much further, this is Carrie Hummingbird, as you guys know, I love doing this podcast week after week. And I like to talk, I like to poke the bear a little bit. Honestly, you guys know, I like to poke the bear. I do. I do like it because I found that when you're willing to stir up those difficult conversations and you do it with love and compassion, that you can actually turn some light bulbs on. And I've also learned that sometimes people only listen when something's being poked that makes them really angry. And then they want to listen to everything you're saying because they're like, oh, this woman, she's saying this and that and this and that. And then they want to tune in. <laughs> so it's another way to kind of encourage participation and listening is to have contentious conversations, things that, that really need to be sort of explored at a deeper level. And with today's guest, we're going to explore healing the witch wound. Now you guys have been listening to me for a long time and I have not had this conversation on this podcast. And I think mostly because it's such a painful conversation and it takes a lot of grace to have this conversation. And the ancestors want us to really heal this now because there were so many ancestral people, medicine people, not just women, but men too, but a lot of women who were persecuted, 
simply for being able to talk to plants and animals, simply for being connected with Mother Earth, simply for caring about the planet, simply for being able to talk to one's ancestors. And this is a a subject of fear for the persecutors, which I think we all pretty much know that is based in religion. And in the movement that started with the Romans oh so long ago of trying to control people through fear, through religion and church. And so we have this healing that's being done now as we reawaken our intuition. That's going to be the conversation we're going to focus on today with our guest, uh, Davina Zar. Welcome, Davina. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm excited. So the lens we're going to be looking at this through Davina's ancestry, they're all in the room. (laughs) (laughs) and I can feel them they're here they're like we're gonna have a good conversation and you know her lineage is Persian migrated from Spain and so left Spain during the Spanish Inquisition and we're gonna get into we're just gonna listen and we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about what happened that needs healing and for us to fully step into our medicine today to be the ones, the way showers that demonstrate that being connected with the planet is a very healthy choice, actually. Being connected with Mother Earth and listening to all of our relations as the indigenous have done for centuries is the healthiest choice we could be making for the planet and for humanity and for all of our relations at this time. It's the most responsible thing to be doing, actually, not carrying on these silly silly ideas that have resulted in suffering. So my perspective has been revealed and we are going to go talk to Davina. So I want to say Davina has lots and lots and lots of training in many spiritual fields. So like some of us been called to study with multiple mentors, certified privately by Lisa Powers, studied for over 10 years, Dr. Norman uh, Suhu and Biosintoni. And which helps mitigate the negative effects of man-made technologies, Wi-Fi, microwaves, EMF, things like that. And just all kinds of other certifications, hypnotherapist by Stephen Burns. And this just is kind of a lot here in her bio. So when you go to check the show notes, you'll see the whole list of all of the trainings. Also shamanic healing. So awesome. So we're going to kind of get started, I think, Davina, by... Tell us a little bit about the message that you keep getting from your ancestors and how did you start studying? How did you even get prompted? I'm sure your ancestors had something to do with it. And yeah, what do you want to share with us about your journey? So I would like to start with what really brought me into the healing world. And that was going to uh, Reiki healer and trying Reiki for the first time. And I had such a profound experience that I said to myself, I have to do what she's doing. There's no way that I just cannot know this and master this. So that's what took me to get certified. And then over the course of the next maybe two, three years, when I was actually in Dr. Sue's office for a treatment, because I would go to him regularly and I still do, still see him a lot. I was getting treatment in one room and there was another patient there who happened to be a really powerful medium. And he had told Dr. Suhu a message and Dr. Suhu came and relayed that message to me. And for someone who was just starting out, it was a bit shocking, scary. If I heard it today, it wouldn't phase me at all, but that's because I know what I know now. This medium basically felt my energy without even seeing me. He said that my whole family from the time of the Spanish Inquisition were very powerful witches 
and used their powers to do a lot of dark magic. And that dark magic was affecting every generation of my family. So it was seven generations and I was the seventh. I was meant to break it and heal the family line. So he said that um, if I don't heal this line, there'll be a lot of danger and a lot of death and a lot of trouble and turmoil for my family and that I had to fix it. So I heard this from Dr. Suhu, which was a bit surprising because he's never, ever spoken anything dark like that. And I thought to myself, how could this man who's never seen me just feel my energy and say such a thing? It's impossible. So I shrugged him off as just, sorry, he's not, he's not well. That's what I thought at the time. He's, he's not okay. A little while later, I'm actually talking to a relative of mine, a cousin, and he's very into genealogy and he shared our family tree with me. And as he's sharing the family tree, he's going back in time and time and time to, I would say about six, seven generations before him. And he told me that we have a lot of rabbis in the family. And that's why that last name is our last name. Because back in Iran, whatever your profession was, that was your last name. So I didn't know that. So I took that information and I just like marinated with it. And I thought to myself, like, hmm, that's interesting. And it wasn't until I found like my main mentors and teachers who actually said the same thing to me detail by detail, how my family line basically had a dark entity attached to it. And there was a lot of financial loss and sickness and so on and so forth because of what my ancestors did in the past. So I took it upon myself to do the work for me and heal the family line. And after that, we uncovered a lot of, I guess, not just secrets, but issues within the family that we were able to fix. and. There is nothing that I just, I'm so thankful for the fact that I had certain people in my life show me and give me this information. And I came to it on my own, which I think is really important because for someone just starting out on their journey of spirituality, if multiple people you've never met before come and tell you something like this, it's just red flag after red flag. Like, why would you believe them? A rational person would not believe them. But it wasn't until I had close to, I would say, 10 different practitioners or healers, random like meat cutes. Like, honestly, it was like these cute little, I've been on the street before and I've had people tell me this. Like I've had medium stop me. I've had healers stop me telling me these things. And it wasn't until then I was like, okay, maybe I need to like pay attention and not just shrug this off. And recently I was doing a podcast recording for my podcast and I had a uh, Huda practitioner on. And he had a ancestor that I never, ever spoke to. And she wouldn't say who she was. He just said that she was an auntie. And he singled out a family member who caused me a lot of harm, caused me a lot of pain, who I believe was also very dark. That ancestor basically said, I taught them everything they know. And you are not following the family path by doing what you do. I don't like what you're doing. We're not happy with what you're doing. And that was another confirmation for me that I'm here to basically cleanse the family line from the darkness. And I wasn't hurt. I wasn't scared by that message at all from them. I actually kind of laughed the fact that this ancestor is upset with me for, I guess, undoing all the pain that they put on the family, like that it's done with me. It's done with me. And I don't have to go back to that. 
So that was also just like very, very, it was a relief for me to hear that as well. And, you know, I shared it with my family and just everything just clicked at the end. It was, it was really, it was powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of the reasons also why in this podcast, I'm mostly focused on my training as shamanic healing, because there's many, of course, there's, there's in all lineages, I don't care whatever religion you look at, whatever spiritual discipline, whatever practice you look at, you can always use the tools and practices for good or for not so good, for collective, you know, highest good or for personal gain. And when we use it for personal gain, it turns into sorcery. And when we use it for the collective good, for the highest, and we surrender ourselves, then we're using it in the highest way. And this is all part of our soul's curriculum is how we learn, because the only way we learn is by experiencing. You could tell somebody, don't do that. This is going to be the result. And they will probably look at you and go, yeah, right, whatever. Because if they're in that state of mind, they're not listening. And then they're going to do it anyway. And then later on, they'll go, oh, okay, now that I've experienced that for a whole lifetime, I kind of understand now. Yes. And in coming together and healing all these things, because you know, the witch wound. So what you've described is the witch wound in terms of, yeah, there was some dark stuff going on in my family line. It was a misuse of power. And I'm here cleaning up some of that misuse of power is what I'm hearing you say. And there's also the witch wound of people doing nothing wrong, but being persecuted. And that's because we can't just take it and say, everybody who does this is evil. Right? No, that's not true. It's how we meet the medicine. It's how we meet the power that it gives us. It's what we choose to do with that power. And I've actually heard somebody say, I've heard this distinction before, that it's about the choice between having power Mm -hmm. and operating from power or operating from love. Oh, yes. That's great. I totally agree with that. That's profound. So in feeling in your ancestor, and there's no judgment, right? Because- We all have to learn our lessons. Yes. We all get to learn by experiencing it from the inside out, what it feels like. And in a way, because you share DNA with all your ancestors, they are getting to now experience what it feels like to practice what you're doing with your spirituality with the goal of love. And that can create some, because some ancestors can use these have been able, have learned how to use these traditions and practices to kind of stay disembodied on earth. You know, but the problem is that the longer you stay disembodied on earth without going beyond the veil again, mm-hmm. it's darker and darker and darker and darker. But it's kind of like the frog in boiling water. You don't know that you got so dark. That's interesting, right? Like you might've started off feeling powerless in your life because there was these Romans and there was this, Christian crusade and anybody who didn't follow what they said was going to be killed. And, and it's a very terrifying time. And so your reasons for practicing a little bit of a darker magic might've been out of self-protection. How does that land for you and your ancestors? I agree with that point because, so I'm Jewish and during the Spanish inquisition, people were being murdered or you had to be sent out for practicing Judaism. So I believe a lot of things, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. I think a lot of things that my ancestors had to do during that time that could be constituted as black magic were ways to survive, uh, get their things together to be able to flee 
maybe they had to do things to put food on the table, feed the family. So I, I also think about that. I know some specifics, but I don't know everything. And I probably will. I obviously will never know everything, but I'd like to believe that there was some good there. I don't necessarily see everybody in that, in that line as negative per se. I just, I feel like there's a lot of desperation and a lot of fear being kicked out of your homeland. And the thing is, I also feel very connected to Spain when I was there. I remember that I felt like I was coming home again. And I remember actually talking to another family member about our, uh, we had similar uh, itineraries for our Spain trips. And I told him, I said, you know, when I went to Toledo, I just, the Spanish court, the Jewish quarter, I felt deja vu. And I took a picture of a specific angle of the quarter and I showed it to him and he was shocked. And I'm like, why are you so shocked? He goes, I have the same photo. And I took it because I felt the same way. So in my mind, that was like, we obviously probably shared a past life. We were remembering something. We were remembering being there and living there. And it wasn't until maybe a few years later that when that fam- that other family member did that family tree, we found out that we lived in Toledo. My ancestors did live in Toledo. So that was just, that was, I was like goosebump time. Right. That was, you know, what's so interesting is that when you think about the Middle East, it is such a, has been a war. Yes. For how long between people of different religious beliefs and practices. And all of it is dark magic. No one's exempt. No one. So, I mean, I think a lot of Christians maybe alive today might think, well, we were the good ones because, <laughs> yeah. Except when you, when, even in the United States, when you look to see what happened to the indigenous people here, they lost all their lands. They got kicked off their lands. There was a trail of tears and indigenous children were forced into these religious indoctrination schools and then killed and put into mass graves. That right. is not the highest expression of love according to Jesus, I'm quite sure. I don't think so. So I think all of us have to really take a bite of that humble pie at this point and realize that as we have been elevating human consciousness over generations and generations of humanity on this planet, ever since Homo sapien appeared, we have been lifting the consciousness from fight, flight, you know, freeze, from self-defense, from survival, And all the things that come with their survival brain into a higher consciousness, which is we're broaching on that now. Yes. And can I just mention the fact about higher consciousness? I feel as if ever since I moved to Florida and spent a lot of time in the Brickell downtown area, I've been seeing people not, not operating in their higher consciousness at all. It's very low vibrational I have to say sometimes I'm very fearful being there. It's gotten better as a, as time has gone by, but people don't understand the fact that where they're living, they're living on cemeteries and there's constant suicides that are covered up by the media. People are just dealing with a lot of mental health issues and no one's asking why. So I really want there to be some type of, I want people to be educated of where they're living and the importance of living somewhere that's like high vibrational. I know at times it's very hard with everybody's budgets, but even implementing like little things here or there, I'll give an example where I am, 
some of the pl- feng shui wise, it's not the best the layout of the house. I had Dr. Suhu come and do house acupuncture when he was in town here to fix the energy of the house. So I want like people to really just find these little ways that don't have to be so expensive to increase vibrations in their homes because that can really affect everything in their lives. Like if you're not living somewhere that's high vibrational, like how can you expect to be doing well at work, having good relationships, being mentally healthy? It's just great point about that. Yeah. And you know, and all of our ancestors live beyond the veil. And so this is another thing I think people don't understand is that when people die in trauma or when they die trying to keep their identities intact through right. some kind of magic, it gets darker and darker and darker because they, they're not sort of replenishing themselves in the light. But when you die and you go to the light, what happens is that you can come back around as a spirit guide. So part of what keeps people from doing that is this kind of ancient grudges. So you see it playing out over and over again on the world stage in these areas of the world where people just can't seem to stop fighting over it. It's like, it's been going on forever, right? Right. Why is that? It's because the ancestors are in your body. They're in your ancestral DNA. They haven't forgiven it. And there's still, some of them are still disembodied spirits that are wandering around the land, sort of trying to stir up more of that same thing to try to win finally. Exactly. So what if we stop trying to win? And what if we just choose to heal? And set our future generations free from a planet of war and despair and struggle. Agreed. It starts with education. And it also starts with energy, right? I'm going to tell you a little story about what I did one day in um, ayahuasca ceremony. I got this insight in the West because the West for me is a direction where everything clears. The West comes along and says, what do you need? Like garbage collector. What do you need to get rid of? Put it all in here and I'm going to take it. And... I got this insight to reach out to my ancestors and say, what do you need to forgive? Because you can't forgive it while you're disembodied. You can only forgive it when you're in a physical body. You can't do any energy healing really on yourself or anyone else when you're disembodied. You can just sort of whisper in someone's ear, but you, I will offer up my ancestral DNA in this moment for you to heal and forgive and release it. And they came in like snowballs. But like, I was like covered in snowballs for like an hour, all the cold traumas clearing. What do you feel about that? I had a similar type of experience, but instead I was offered fruit and water by my ancestors and sweets. And in the Persian culture, it's very big when someone comes over and you want to show that you respect them and you treasure their company, you serve them a big platter of fruit, give them, you know, tea, lots of sweets. And when I received that, I got that as an apology for someone's behavior towards me. And when I got that message, I basically forgot about all the pain that that person caused me. And I was able to heal because there were times when I could not be in the room with that person. And even if some people could say, hey, you know, that apology was too late. It wasn't late for me because soul is eternal. And as long as I got it in any way, I was happy and I was at peace. So after that type of message and that type of offering from that spirit, I was able to 
I feel let go of a lot of the pain, a lot of the trauma, and I'm able to visit them to this day. And it, and it feels great because I did it. I know I did it for myself first. I didn't do it to, I didn't do it for anybody else. There was no one saying, you know, you just need to suck it up. They're gone. Because I think a lot of people will hear that if they have pain and trauma from someone who's passed on. I, I don't think that's right to take in from anybody. You have to do it on your own time and you have to get closure in the way that makes sense to you. Yeah. And what I realized was that all of that pain and trauma from our ancestors lives on in our bodies, in our ancestral yes. DNA. And so I was serving myself in some really kind of almost self-centered way. Like, okay, I don't want to carry this around anymore. I know you guys are done. You want to be done with it too. I want to be done with it. Let's all heal. So there's, yeah, I think that it's right right now for that, right? Because I think that the more of us that choose to do that kind of healing work, it will clear up this stagnation and this sort of pain pockets of pain energy that are around different parts of the planet for different groups of people that just need to be cleared up so that people can get along. I agree. Finally hear each other. Yes. So what are some other ways that you help people with this kind of stuff? Because you obviously have a lot of healing work that you've been doing on yourself and with healing deep ancestral wounds. And the witch wound is a really huge one. You know, whether your ancestor was, was an honest medicine person just doing work and then was misinterpreted and hung or put, put on fire, you know, like, ah, that's so crazy. And, or was indigenous and, you know, got indoctrinated or killed for not being indoctrinated or was actually misusing, you know, some of the power because of protection needs or scarcity or fear. How do you work with people for that? So besides my coaching to deal with the, you know, conditionings from our families and past toxic relationships, that's probably the top two things I'm dealing with now in the coaching. I do distant and in-person Reiki. We go back to childhood traumas mainly to see what's manifesting now as diseases or ailments. I also have been doing a lot of uh, tarot readings, which I implement my coaching in there as well. It's it's unique to my education, I guess. And I have been coaching a lot of people through what I've gone through. I feel like I now have a lot of experience to help clear ancestral trauma. So I do a lot of family cleansings. And I'm also doing a lot of um, in-person home and office cleanings because Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of different people in companies and businesses that are suffering from different health ailments that they cannot figure out what is going on. And so I go and I clear the space. Okay. So when you go to clear the space, what are you finding in the spaces that you're clearing? So I usually, now that being in Florida, I found that majority of the clearings that I'm doing, I found out that the companies are built on um, where bodies are buried, fortunately. So I actually have somebody come in to help me with that because I'm not too proud to say there's a lot I obviously still don't know. And I love to have someone else there to help guide me. And we like to work off each other. So if there's anything I'm not catching, they're catching and vice versa. So we work together as a team to heal the energy of the space. And a lot of it is basically... Uh, I really recommend HR in companies to be involved because sometimes you get messages that may sound 
quite crazy for <laughs> who I'm working on. And we need like a messenger to kind of sugarcoat what we're like uncovering. And a lot of it is like inner turmoil and personal matters between all the people that are working there that we kind of have to come together and without offending anybody say like, oh, you know, what's going on here? This, that, like have them talk it out. And that kind of changes their energy to make them a better, better at what they're doing. So I found that's very helpful because a lot of it is just interpersonal problems between the staff and it's caused by the the spirits of that that are buried in those places that were traumatically ended mm-hmm. through so slavery so- or through war or through whatever was going on in that spot yes so if they're having a problem at home they're becoming more susceptible and more sensitive to the energies that are buried under the space so we have to first kind of fix that to deal with the attachment of the space. Well, because they have a match, they have, my guess is that they have a match, a matching pattern with the space, which is why they were called to work at that place in the first place, because it's going to trigger all the things in their own ancestral history that they actually need to heal or their soul history, where they actually need to go in and heal that. Like maybe they were somebody who killed um, or owned slaves and killed and tortured people, you know, enslaved people, I should say, and killed and tortured people. And they need to heal that. Or maybe they were someone who was enslaved and they need to heal that wound. And so people are drawn into these current day spaces in order to sort of play out the drama of what was unhealed in the past in a more conscious environment where they're not, you know, their lives are not at stake. So they have an easier time than before to work it out. Exactly. And some people don't heal. Some people just leave the space, which I've seen as well. They just can't deal with the energy and all the issues that come with working there. So they actually end up always going to where they grew up, their hometown, they go back home. But doesn't this kind of explain, because I have this question often where sometimes I'm so amazed that in this current day and age, with everything that's available on the internet to heal yourself and to become self-aware, that there's these people that are sort of Neanderthalish, you know, that still clinging to these really hateful ways, but thinking really superiorly about themselves is shocking that they still think that way. But then this, this adds another layer of like, ah, but they could be really being tampered with by darker energies or ancestral spirits that have been away from the life for too long and filling their head with a whole bunch of hateful stuff from their past. And the people today are so ignorant about how to manage their own space and cleanse their auric field and discern what's mine, what's something else coming through. They're so ignorant about that, that they think that the voice in their head is them. Thank you. (laughs) And it's not actually you. It's just, you don't know how to access your own intuitive voice. It's starting to make more sense because there's a lot of dead people that have not really gone to the light. No, there, there, there's a lot. There is a lot. <laughs> yeah. They haven't like let go of their existence. And because they haven't let go and gone to the light and passed through, they're still holding on to these really dark ideas. Can I tell a crazy story? Please. That's what this is all about. <laughs> okay. So this family member that I was talking about, they had passed away about two years ago. And now that I'm living in Florida and my hometown is New York, I wasn't able to attend the anniversary of their death. And that's very big in Judaism to go and honor that. 
So I was in New York earlier before the anniversary, like a week or two earlier. And I went to them and I did what I needed to do. I saw them. I felt good about it because I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to be there. Let me go earlier. Okay. After I get back, I start having dreams about this person and she's not really saying much, but she's saying like, you came to see me. You came to see me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then later, about a few days later, I found out that the rabbi got her anniversary date wrong. And it was the day that I was there and everybody else did it on the wrong day. Uh, And I was like, oh, wow. She came to tell me like, you came on the right day. Like, thank you for coming on the right day. Thank you for honoring me. And I'm just like, you know, if we could have been like this when you were here, it would have been great. But sometimes it takes for death to, for things to be new and fresh and born again. And it felt very like that connection will always be there. And, you know, they see everything. They really see everything and they acknowledge it. So my family was shocked. They're like, wow. Yeah, that's that beautiful. Me. When you're guided by spirit, when you listen and you're guided by spirit, you you actually do show up on the right day. That's the thing. Okay. You think you're wrong, but you're right. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of this. Up on the right day. What a metaphor for how this whole paradigm is working in the 3D as we have the 5D coming in is kind of incredible. And so if you're listening back to this, you guys, and you're like, wow, that's so much information. How do we start to clear this up? I'm going to give my tip and I'm going to ask you, Davina, to give a tip too. But what I would say is this, you guys, like a couple things. One thing is get some ancestral healing done. Do some ancestral healing. It might take you a little time to work through it all, but do some ancestral healing. Second, I'm going to give three. Second thing is set up an ancestral altar. Honor your ancestors. Set up an altar. It could be someplace not in your bedroom, but someplace you would greet them or have them visit your home, like the living room or the kitchen. Set up a little altar, a little candle. I like to have a Guadalupe candle because I love Guadalupe as my, you know, my mama figure. <laughs> She's awesome. And I, I just set that up and I say, okay, come on in. I put some pictures. I have a little um, cabinet that has a lot of pictures of ancestors in it. If you don't know, if you don't have pictures, but you have names, you can put names. It's okay. It just, and you can just simply intend my ancestors and they'll know who they are. So you're honoring them. And you just light a candle once a day and say, thank you. And that's a place you can go to listen to so that they're not sort of chasing after you through your whole life. They know you're going to check in once a day. So they're, they're waiting for you. You know, I want to give you an insight. And I would say the third thing is you can set up a crystal grid in your house. Now there's lots and lots of people that do crystal grids and they can teach you all about it. I'm not an expert in crystal grids, but I will say a simple crystal grid works. You know, four little citrine crystals at the four corners of your space, whether it's an apartment or a house. And then every time when you place the crystal, you first you open sacred space and however way you do that, you place the crystal. I'm the keeper of this space. Only love and light is allowed in this space. Anything that's not love and light can now leave and never return. (laughs) This is my space right now. And then just place all four. And then when you close your eyes at the end, you'll see a little bubble of light being formed by all the crystals around your whole space and say it one more time, the mantra, and then that's done. And now you can sage and stuff will leave because it has to go. It's kind of like having a um, property designation like in your title company. Yeah, because it's yours now. 
And then when you leave, just release that because somebody else needs to claim the space. That's what I have. What do you have, Davina? What do you want to share with the audience? I would, I would say number one would be to honor them. The relatives that are alive now, ask them everything about their great grandparents. They can go back farther than that. Amazing. Call on them when you need help. They're here to help you. I'd love to do that as well. Do as much research as you can. Do a family trees. And another thing that I think would be beautiful would be to share meals with them. So cook uh, meals from your culture and, uh, you know, have them in spirit there and have them sh- like show them what you made and honor them. So I think that's really, really sweet and nice to do. Beautiful. Yeah, I love it, you guys. So those are some ideas, some ways you can start healing the family lineage. And all of us have had witches in our family lineage and every single culture around the whole world. We've all had the witch thing. So go back and heal that. Bring some healing to it today using these practices, honoring your ancestors and healing it within yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything you want to offer in terms of people getting started with you? Do you have a discovery call or do you have a free gift? What's your, what do you have to help them get started? First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm offering any of your listeners uh, a 20 minute distant Reiki session. Just use your name, Carrie. Nice. I like it. And that's K-E-R-R-I. We'll put the link in the show notes along with the the code and you guys can book it and schedule it with uh, Davina and experience it yourself. Experiencing it is the way. Okay. We're going to give you guys kisses now. So here they come. If you want to join me in giving people kisses, Davina, here they come. The kisses. We love you very much. Reiki kisses all over the place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love you guys. And I'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a